Hello. Hello. I said Lego. Like, um, like, 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 let's go. No, I mean, I heard you. Was oh, there okay. a proper response that I, I was supposed know. to say to that? I felt like we were going to stay within the same, you know, like, <laughs> cultural communication there. Like, Lego. And you'd have been like, ye dog. Ye dog. I don't know. <laughs> All right. It's 8.18 on a Monday night. We're doing this thing that the Lord has called us to do. Um at a strange mental place where I'm like not tired but my brain's exhausted. Yeah, we were just talking about that. But what's really good is I'm actually like there's a lot of life flooding back into me now. Now that we're talking about this. Yeah. I made the joke one Sunday. I mean, it's completely true. That like if you ever ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up and give you energy, you better be ready for what's about to happen cuz sometimes God will like over deliver. There's some Sundays where I come in and I'm like, I know the set's going to be ripping, like I got to be ready to play these drums, but I'm just so tired. I'm like, Lord God, just, you know, give me the energy to to make it through this morning and halfway through the practice set, I'm like jazzed up. I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh." <laughs> The yeah, Holy Spirit is awesome. moving. Yeah, it's good. So if you ever ask for the Holy Spirit to give you energy, just be ready for what he's be about ready. to do. All right. So um, church stuff, fire away. Uh, we really don't have a whole lot coming up in the near future. Um, yeah, we really don't have much. Um, once it gets a little closer, we'll start talking about Wheat Festival. Um, but as of right now... We don't have a whole lot coming We just up. started something cool, though, among the church. We did, yeah. Yeah, we started taking names uh, to pray for people. And hopefully, if you're listening to this, you pulled a name uh, on your way out of the sanctuary this Sunday. Yeah, and look, I don't know for sure how many families were at church on Sunday, but I do just want... We're going to touch on Sunday here in a second. I do want to talk about that. But just speaking of the name thing, there were 54 names of families, and there were only six left when I went in this morning. That is a flex. And I hadn't even pulled mine yet. Wow, really? Yeah. That's awesome. So super cool. I love that so much. Yeah. And so, so if you're listening to this, um, we do have a couple more names that could um that need to be prayed over obviously aj and i will cover that if nobody else can but if you are willing or able to just take an extra family um just holler at me and i can get you one of those names so yeah or we'll just leave them up we'll leave them there and and i'll announce it on sunday i i already took it down oh well we ain't gonna leave (laughs) it up never mind then i I thought sorry about that that's okay either way yeah reach out to us Maybe hit us with a James Webb oh if you want to. <laughs> you didn't think I would find somewhere to sneak that in. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we're doing the you know pray for a family uh, campaign kind of thing that the Lord just just kind of put on us out of nowhere. We got that. Yeah, the whole wheat fest. Yeah, listen though, if y'all were not at church on Sunday, man, like it was good. It was so good. It was so good, and baby, your message was good, Thank and. You. Like we did some, for those of you who weren't there, we did some prayer stations at the end of it. And man, I knew I was going to love it. And I have found as I've been growing in my walk that there's, I used to be a very non-emotional person. Like not much would kind of get me welled up. You know, a couple movies here and there might get me close, but nothing would really make me cry. As I have become a Christian, my emotions have been a lot more amplified. Yeah. Especially prayer. 
There are so many times where once prayer starts happening and once you're really in the Holy Spirit with prayer, like it just, I mean, it tears me up in the best way ever, but it just, it hits my heart so hard. And, you know, obviously we kind of sat back for a second and let the church begin participating and, and you were getting some pictures and we were just waiting for some some space to open up and just getting to sit back and look at the Holy Spirit move. Like, man, it gets me weak right now thinking about That's it. That's like just, what I was going to oh, say too is just, there was just something so powerful about seeing our church just like active and intentional prayer. Yeah. Like I don't doubt that we have people in our church that are faithful prayers, but there's just something about like just being in the midst of a church that's just praying together. Yeah. And man, it was just so powerful. Like you said, we were both just kind of like tearing up. And it wasn't <laughs> just like Sunday. a five minute prayer yeah. thing. It wasn't like, okay, we're all going to pray real quick and stop. I mean, it was a good 15, 20 minutes of, of people moving and people yeah. praying and, and passing one another. And it was silent, but it was, there was so much power. So yeah, man, so. that was good. Um, Hopefully, maybe something we can continue to do, bring that up again here and there. Um, just to, again, you know, part of what I touched on in my sermon was we can talk about prayer and we can do sermons about prayer and we can privately pray about prayer, but when are we going to take the step to do it? You know, it's like, I'm going to fix my deck. Well, how long are you going to stare at your deck and be like, man, I really need to fix that thing until you actually start doing it? And that was kind of the point of Sunday. So that was super awesome. And I also just really quick, um, for those of you who weren't there, or if you were there and just want um, a reminder to continue to pray about it, a couple things that we um, prayed over on Sunday were um, just Lighthouse's future. So our future pastor, um, our leadership team in this season, um, I don't remember what the other, the third thing on there was, but then it was um, our people. So um, just that we would have unity among us and that, um, you know, we would just use this season basically to come together. And then the other one was um, the uh, courage, courage to share yeah. the gospel. And so, um, and not just, you know, the courage to share the gospel, but that people would have receptive hearts for that too. Exactly. So, that's that's a big part of it is, um, you know, like when we did door-to-door ministry, it wasn't just, Lord, give us courage to knock on the next person's door. But as we're going from one door to the next, we're praying in between that and saying, like, I pray that this person's ready to hear what's about to be said. Yeah. Because I think that's a, a big part of asking, you know, the Spirit to move. So, very cool. Yeah, man. Sunday was cool. Church is doing some pretty cool stuff. Loving, loving where we're at in the season, you know, painfully brought there. But I think I think the health is 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 there so uh that's church what about the news you have been killing it in the news section my job has been busy i have fully relinquished my duties of news findings to my wonderful wife thank you yeah it looks like you might have something though do you have something yeah so it's not really news but it's a news station that had it so the very few times that i flip through facebook during the day um there's really nothing that catches my eye it's honestly just like video games and football okay that's who I am. That, that's that's my dude stuff. Um, but I have KMOV Channel 4 liked on Facebook for whatever reason. I was probably trying to win an iPad once or something. Um, and they had a post, and it was like an article they'd written on their website. And the headline of it says, Cost of raising a child grows to more than $300,000. And I initially s- scrolled past it because I'm like, I don't care. Like, 
there's no price tag on kids. So then I went back up and I read the actual heading of the post, you know, like, like the, the links title was cost of raising a child grows to more than $300,000. And then the posts, like what KMOV wrote says the price tag includes a range of child expenses, including food, clothing, and activities. And I'm just like the price tag. The price tag behind children. And then obviously you go to the comments and it's there's so much more toxicity. There's people in there like, oh, and then they wanna they wanna say you have to have the kid and make you pay for it. And I'm like, there is so much stupidity in that comment. Like it gives me goosebumps of rage on my face just to read that. Um, because holy moly, there's so much wrong with that statement. Um and then other people commenting like uh, you know, the government doing this and the liberals doing that. And of course it's going to be like that if so-and-so is dead. And I'm like, people say you're, you're never truly ready to have children, you know, cause you're always going to think about the money aspect of it, I guess. You know, like, are we financially stable to have children? Well, if you look at the numbers, very few people are quote financially stable enough to have children. But if God says, that life deserves to be on this earth, he will find a a way to make it work. And especially if you're choosing, I think, you know, like, okay, the Lord has called us into unity and now we're going to attempt to bear children and God provides. He's going to make a way for it. And I don't think there's any price tag that goes on the love of a child, honestly. I, I don't know. It just it just hit me really hard to see people so concerned about the price tag of raising a child. I think we should be fiscally responsible when it comes to our lives and bringing children in the world and things like that. But like I said, ultimately, if God gives life, God will provide a way. And I just hope that, you know, if you're looking at your children in your life, you're not thinking like, oh, my kid is so expensive. Like, maybe the rest of your life is so expensive. Once you have children, your, your children are kind of your life. You are their parent now. You know, what does God do for us? Is he constantly thinking about like, boy, if I didn't have all these dumb little sinners under me, I could be totally creating more stuff. Obviously, God can do what he wants, but we're not a burden to our father. And the price tag that our children, quote, put upon us shouldn't be a burden to us. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that. Maybe you like KMOV on Facebook and you saw that too and you had something to think about it. So I just wanted to share where my heart was that... I don't think you should put a price tag on your children. There's no price tag on a life full of memories and the opportunity to, you know. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. I do think, like, when you and I were discussing, you know, after Crosby, like, are we going to have more kids or is this it? Like, finances was definitely something that we considered. You know, we were like, if we have more children, we're not going to be able to financially provide the way that we could if we just had these children, you know. So I do understand in a, you know, to a certain extent, but I I also think about like growing up, we were like money. We just didn't have any. And there were four of us kids and we like, I still look back and I, you know, I don't think about like, Oh man, I was super poor. My life was terrible. You know, like people are putting a price tag on happiness. Yeah. And I, something I remember is something my mom always told me when we were younger, if we would be like, you know, cause we got made fun of a lot cause we were poor and we would ask our mom like, like, are we poor, mom? And she'd be like, no, like, we don't have a lot of money, but we're really rich, you know, yeah. because like, she just like, we just loved each other well. And yeah, we're rich in love. Yeah. And so I think that that's what came to my mind whenever you were talking about that is, yeah, I mean, kids can be expensive. I mean. Oh, yeah. 
And I want to be able to bless our kids with what we've been given. I think there's a wise way to go about doing it. But again, if you always put a price tag on it, you know, like, uh, no, we can't take you to this dance class or do this thing for you because mom and dad needs more money. I've got a couple of friends like, exactly why I won't have kids because the price tag is da-da-da-da-da. It's like, but if the Lord gives you kids, I think your mind's going to change. You know, I I don't know. I just, I, I hate seeing people roasting about price tags on when it comes to like families and joy and children. So I get it. I guess that's like the grind my gears portion today of the yeah. news. So bring us up. Bring us back up. Hopefully you're bringing us back up. Do you got some grim news? I No, I don't actually. So I was news searching and there wasn't really any good like random news that was appropriate. And there wasn't. I even looked on like CNN, like the big news. Like I'm like, maybe there is something we should be talking Politics. about. Politics. Yeah, I really Politics didn't see war. anything nah, on there. That's boring. So I decided that um, since... You know, our kids have been back in school for a little bit, but I do know that today was a first day for a lot of schools. So I thought it would be fun to um, ask you for a fun memory from when you were in school. A fun school memory. I guess it doesn't even have to be fun. Like, just like when you think of like your time in school, what's the first memory that pops into your head? Yeah. um, You know, a lot of swirlies, locker stuffings. Shut up. I'm just kidding. No, that never happened. Um, no, it's that was it's such a Hollywood thing to think about. I don't think I ever even saw a kid get a swirly. I did see a couple kids get stuffed in lockers. That definitely happened in the you know late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, but no, a fun school story. Um, first thing that comes to my mind: fifth grade, Ashley grade school, Mrs. Cole. She was the coolest teacher ever, and we. It's so funny. Like kindergarten up to fourth grade, you always heard it or saw it happening, because the Ashley grade school was really small, and all the classrooms were really just cubicle walls, like, throughout the school. There was no, there was a few, um, like, closed rooms, but, like, fourth through eighth grade was all cubicles, but, like, kindergarten, I, I think they were all cubicles, but they were just kind of split across the school. Anyway, it was, like, separated by just a library on a ramp. Bring me back. She had a thing called a wet noodle, like a pool noodle, you know, but she would use it for discipline. And if a kid got in trouble, she would, quote, beat them with a wet noodle. Oh, my gosh. Now, we didn't know, but the kids would play along. She obviously didn't hit kids with a wet noodle. But being, you know, eight, nine years old, like, you really thought it was serious. And the principal would even go along with it. And, like, is kindergarten through fourth grade, like, you thought these kids were getting walloped with a pool noodle. So a kid would get in trouble, and, you know, the kid would be all dramatic. And even once you got to fifth grade. Like, Mrs. Cole would pick out a kid and be like, all right, John, today, misbehave, you know, like, throw your book on the ground or something. You're going to get the wet noodle today. So she would set it up, and he would, like, she would, like, drag him out of the classroom, and he'd be, like, flailing around and being all dramatic and selling it for her. And she would get him behind, yeah, I swear, and she would get him behind this cubicle wall, and she would take this pool noodle and smack it on the floor, and he would scream and holler and... Why? I don't know. What was the point of that? Because it it was like, it was a, you were slightly terrified of it, thinking that you were going to get beat, but Mrs. Cole was so cool. Like, she would just randomly dish out cosmic brownies to kids in the middle of class. Like, she was the coolest teacher ever, but she had the wet noodle thing, so it was like, don't get on Mrs. Cole's bad side, because, like, she's a really good lover, but she's also a really good fighter, and I, I don't know. All and right, once man. you learned the wet noodle thing, like, it was your honor to hold it for the next three years and not tell the younger kids about it. All right. Cool, uh, cool. Yeah. I hope you can kind of visualize what happens yeah, there. Yeah. That's hilarious. 
That's it. Now, what's uh, what's your school story? Is it better than that? You got to miss Cole hitting kids with noodles? No, but it's funny that like something like that is the first thing that pops in your head because the first school memory that always pops into my head is not like a great one. Uh-oh. So it's – I know I've told you this story before, but <laughs> – so again, like I got made fun of a lot in school, whatever. So that kind of led to some discipline, disciplinary problems. Not like I was a bad kid, but just like – you know, you would rebel a little more, a little bit. Yeah. And so we had these things called tickets. And so every quarter you would get eight tickets. And if you were bad or if you got in trouble, the teacher would take a ticket. Okay. But if at the end of the quarter you had all eight of your tickets, we, I went to Germantown. And so Cornerstone bar is, you know, right (laughs) there. But if you had all eight of your tickets, we would, they would walk us to Cornerstone to get an ice cream cone. Okay. Because they had, like, those ice cream cones that had, like, the bright colored swirl in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so I never had all eight of my tickets at the end of the quarter, okay? And so this one time I did. I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I am. I've got this. And then we were, like, a week out from ice cream day. And this one kid, his name was Armando. And if that doesn't just scream... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, wow, any Armandos that were to listen to this are going to shut it off. I'm just kidding. But so yeah, his fast. name was Armando. And um, shout out to Armando if for some crazy reason you're listening to this. But he would not leave me alone one day at recess. Like, he was being so annoying. And he, I was like, please stop. Like, he wouldn't stop. And I finally had enough and I just smacked him across the face. Like, I was just done with it. And the teacher saw me and she's mm. like, you have to give me a ticket. And I had been so good all quarter. And I just went to the bathroom and like, I wouldn't come out of the stall. I was just oh crying. My God. <laughs> what has this turned into? And the teacher like came in and she's like, you need to come back to class. <laughs> I just like wouldn't. <laughs> so here's the question then. Would you rather have lost a ticket or legitimately gotten beat with a wet noodle? I don't know, man. That was traumatizing to me, losing that ticket after working so hard all quarter. And then it was, like, so embarrassing because I had, like, lost it. And, like, I was crying in the bathroom. bathroom. And then, yeah, I had to come out of the bathroom. And everybody was like, this loser. Wow. Yeah. So that was traumatizing. That didn't hit you deep or anything. That didn't stick around. Yeah. Like, (laughs) when I think of school, (laughs) that's what I think of. If it makes you feel any better, I'll share this one story and then we got to move on. Um. Second grade year, I told you the story too. You already know I uh, we were gonna take swim lessons at uh, the Centralia Rec Center. We're gonna take swim lessons there, and so like we're gonna take swim lessons on a Wednesday, right? And this is Tuesday, going on the field trip the next day to learn how to swim. And I was sitting in this like lime green fold up chair that was like the chair to sit in by the window, and I was sitting there during reading time, and I had to go to the bathroom. When I came back. A kid took my chair, and I was like, not cool, bro. Get out of my chair. And we argued about it. He didn't want to get up, and I don't know what came over me, but I just 300 mode Spartan kicked this kid right in the chest and knocked him out the back of the chair. Savage. And, and he bumped his head on the window, and obviously it was just a mess. Not not a bloody mess, but he was crying and stuff. He hit his, he hit his head pretty hard. I got in big trouble, and I was on a three-day detention and I didn't get to go to swim lessons, so I had to learn how to swim in my buddy's pond. Right. But you were like 13, right? Like you didn't... What? This was I said second no, grade. No, I'm saying like when you oh, learned yeah, how to I swim. Oh, yeah. I didn't learn how to swim yeah, until I was 13. I was terrified of water. <laughs> what? I didn't learn how to swim when I was a kid. So Everybody would be like, hey, just go to this pool party. And I'd be like, yeah, I like being dry. Yeah. So 
Anyway, right. there's yeah. some school memories. If y'all got some cool school memories, shoot us some texts. Give us some emails. Maybe just, like, post on Lighthouse's, uh, maybe you'll make a post. Make a post tomorrow. Make a post on Wednesday or Thursday, like, favorite school memory and go. And people can drop some school memories in the comments. All right. But. Jen Stamps, if you're listening to this. Yeah, whoever owns the Facebook page. Like Let's get some school stories going. I want to talk about these next week. All right. We can't be the only losers in school that hit people. Yeah, man, that <laughs> stinks, huh? Okay, anyway. Right, anyway. We're wrapping up the devotion today. We are. How fun has that been? It's been a lot of fun. I think it's been really fruitful to talk about that and to kind of dive in a little deeper about the red letters of the Bible. So go ahead and lead us off with that. Well, um, so this week we're talking about going. Um, that is the last little um whatever it was called. I don't even remember at this point. It's been so long. I feel like what were they even called? Hang I don't on, know. let me pull it up. Disciplines? No. Uh, no. Look, while you're looking that up, I thought it's so cool that we're doing going today because in my sermon on Sunday, I mentioned going. If y'all remember we got into some physics. We did some physics lessons on Sunday and that was cool. But in that physics lesson, I said, an object at rest tends to stay at rest, and an object put in motion tends to stay in motion. And I'm like, man, that's so cool when you think about, like, you know, in Acts, what we're getting ready to cover here, when Jesus said, go, and, you know, share the gospel to all nations, he said, go. That means you're sent. That means you're put into motion, and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. And I'm like, wow, man. What a cool thing to think about. So we've been put into motion, so we should stay in motion. And I just, I love that so much. Yeah, for sure. They're called targets, by the way. Targets, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we are on the last one, and it's going. And like you said, we're called to go. Like, literally, Jesus said those words. Go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's what the whole devotion was about um, not just how to be like Jesus and being like Jesus is cool, but for the purpose of disciple making. So how do we make disciples? Well, first we have to go. We have to go and be intentional. We have to get up. We have to go find these people, develop relationships. We have to go the extra mile. We can't just start a discipleship. We can't start discipling and pouring into somebody on a level one relationship. You have to go and do the extra work to dig in a little deeper and and to pour into people. Um, you have to go out of your comfort zone. You can't stay in your comfy little shell and just think, okay, I'm not going to have the hard conversations with people and we're not going to dig into, into, the, into the hard stuff, into the deep theologies. You have to go out of your comfort zone. So I think there's so many more goings that are involved in making disciples than just moving somewhere. Yeah. So I did think it was um, fun that two of the Bible verses that we had prayed over and one of those in the um, station on Sunday about um, evangelism was Mark 16, 15, which is the, and he said to them, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Um, but then also 1 Corinthians 1, 17 that said, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent ele- is that the word? Eloquent. Wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Mm. And so I really like that verse a lot because it really speaks to me in the sense that like, I don't always have the right words to say. Like I, when I think of like, we talked before on the podcast about how I used to really doubt my ability to write lessons for youth group, just as an example. And because I would think like, 
this has to be good, you know, like this has to be something that the students care about. It has to be something that's going to keep them, you know, locked in. Like it has to be a message that's going to really like. But who are you relying on to do that? Exactly. Like I was relying on myself. And in this um, verse, what speaks to me is that like all God wants us to do is preach the gospel. You don't have to use eloquent words. You don't have to like know exactly what's going to come next from it. Like all he wants you to do is go preach it. Like just go do it. Because if he's calling you to do it, then he's going to provide. And he even says that. He says, I will provide. I will speak through you. And again, another thing we said on Sunday, Jesus, all the awesome stuff Jesus said, sometimes he did use eloquent language and sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he had really deep parables and sometimes he just spoke a plain, hard, dry cut truth. And he said, it is not I who speak, but the father that speaks through me. And Jesus said none of that on his own. It was, yeah. it was the Father. It was God, the Holy Spirit working through him. And something that I have noticed since I have started kind of writing my own lessons, and I know that you've mentioned this in the past with writing your sermons, is that like whenever I find myself maybe a week for some reason, I'm not like spiritually, you know, as high up as I could be. And I'm I find myself like leaning on my own understanding and my own thoughts and my own abilities to write that lesson. Like I'm like struggling and I'm like, why can I not just like figure this out? But whenever I like fully like pray, like, Lord, just let the Holy Spirit like lead me in this, you know, whenever I put it on him Mm -hmm. and rely on him to help me, like that's whenever I like come out feeling like, oh shoot, this is going to be a home run. You know, (laughs) you see the finished project, you're like, wow, God did crazy things. Yeah. And so I just like, like I said, you just have to rely on him. Like he calls you to go and that looks different. Like you said earlier, there's different ways to do that. Um, but in all of these ways that we're about to talk about, like you have to start by just leaning on him and trusting that it's not up to you. Like one of the things that stuck with me from the We Are Messengers concert that we went to is just like something he said was like the pressure's off. Like oh, this is not so up good. to you. Like yeah. you are the start of it. You know, like you go out and you're like, this is the gospel. But like the pressure's not on you to save people. The pressure's no. not on you to save the world. Like, you go out and do your part. Go and share the gospel and tell people about Jesus and then let Jesus do the work. Like, yeah, yeah so. It's so cool. Um, and that's just like the the glorifying thing about it, you know, that, that God has asked us to do this. At the end of the day, God will save who he wants. If it's not you that shares the gospel with your neighbor, Eventually, somebody else will. Now, don't lean it on them. Don't be like, well, somebody else is going to do it, so I'm not. That's the beautiful and the glorifying thing about it is God has given you a chance to participate with him. Yeah. How cool is that? I mean, seriously, how cool is that? That's like you might not be getting to hit all the home runs, but what if you're the bat boy for the Cardinals? Just for example, like you're still on the team. You're still getting to do something. You have given the bat to the man that's going to crush a grand slam. Like, you were a small part of that, and yeah. that's so fun, and that's such an honor. So, Something that kind of goes along with that that I actually read, um, I've been reading a book about discipleship, and something I read today was um, he had said that when he went to go pick out um, an engagement ring for his wife, he was like a senior, and he had obviously, I don't know if it was senior, probably college, I would have guessed, but anyway, he had no idea like what he was doing, and he's like, none of, like, none of these rings that I can afford look like they're anything special, especially for the price tag, he said. But then the jeweler took the ring out and like gave me a magnifying glass and put it up against a black cloth. And that's when you really see like all the perfections of the diamond. And he's like, so many people like go into this 
thinking that they're the diamond when in reality right. they're the black velvet behind it that shows, you know, and God's the diamond. And we're just to show all of the amazing tiny little details mm-hmm. about Jesus. And that just really hit me because it's like, it's true, you know, like yeah. we are, we're supposed to be what magnifies all the things and who cares like what that looks like yeah. for our Nobody remembers selves. what the black cloth looks like. Yeah. They remember what the diamond looks like, but the black cloth just helped it. Right. So. And and God doesn't need us to help him either, but we yeah. get to. It's super cool. Yeah, that is super cool. So one of the things, one of the verses, so in these devotions, it gives you like four or five verses afterwards to read. You know, they're like supporting verses, just like sermons do. And one of them that I super loved because it's so blunt and, and honest, but it came out of Exodus. Um, Exodus 4, 11, um, you know, Moses in this passage is saying, you know, like, Lord, I've never been eloquent. Again, don't use eloquent language. So in verse 10, uh, it says, but Moses replied to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant. Um, So if you know anything about Moses, he was kind of like illiterate. He wasn't much of a reader. He wasn't much of a speaker. Moses was, was kind of like verbally slow. And he admits it to God right there. He's like, God, why are you telling me to do this? Why are you telling me to go before these people? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. In verse 11, the Lord said to him, who placed a mouth on humans? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so funny that God is like, yeah, Moses, you have a mouth and a tongue and some vocal cords, don't you? What do you think that means? Like, it's just so plain. And that's just it. You're like, Ooh, I don't really know if I can share the gospel. It's like, we got a mouth, don't you? You know, yeah. I just think that's so funny. And but it's so true. Like it is. Can you breathe? Yeah. Can you speak? Yeah. Can say the name of Jesus. Yeah. There's power in the name of Jesus. Yeah, man. I do love that. I love verses like that where it's just like it makes you chuckle just because like there's times God's just so blunt. Like <laughs> Yeah. Again, don't because Moses literally said, I don't have eloquent words, and God's like, Fine, here's some uneloquent language. Use your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use your mouth, son. Yeah. So real quick, um, I know we're kind of getting long on this one, but a couple different ways that we, I just want to cover. I mean, obviously you said there's like so many ways to go. It's not just, you know, just this one way, but a couple ways that I just wanted to mention, um, obviously just going and sharing the gospel. That's one way we're called to do that, obviously. Um, another way, one of the um, lines in the devotional that stuck out to me was you have the opportunity to tell the story of Jesus by what you do and say. Mm -hmm. And so another way to go is to just like be an example of Jesus's love, like be an example of God's love, be an example of how Jesus like WWJD, bro. Like what would Jesus do in every situation, you know? And like, that's something that every morning I pray with Meyer before she goes into school. And that's something that I pray over her just that she would be an example of God's love to people, that she would be an example when people look at her, that they would know that she loves God, not by her saying it necessarily, but even just by her actions, you know? And so um, there's that. And then, like I said, there's just sharing the gospel. And then the other way is um, your testimony. Like that is a big one. Just, you know, sharing, everybody has a story and even, you know, those kids or those people who are like, I've grown up in church. Like I've always you know, and I found like with my students, they're like, I don't feel like I have a story that's going to change people because it's so simple. Like, you know, I've always believed in God. I never had that whoa moment that was like, oh, like God saved me from drugs or whatever, you know? And they're like, so I don't feel it. And I'm like, you have no idea how God will use your testimony. Yeah, There's somebody out there that feels the exact same way you do. Exactly. And when they hear your testimony, like 
they're going to be bold enough to share their own. Isn't it funny how that works when people are like, why did I have to lose my mom to cancer to have a story? It's like, why did somebody not get to have that groundbreaking moment to find Christ too? You know, like they feel almost just as depraved in a strange, like humanistic way. Right. You know, like there's people who grew up in church and have known the power of Christ since they could understand it that actually crave for the moment of desperation. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. So, Well, and something that I've always, like I always go back on whenever I think about this is, you know, growing up, I did always believe in God. Like I strayed, obviously, but I never mm-hmm. doubted that God was, you know, a thing. Existed. And yeah. And so I would like go to church camp. And this is crazy because I was like even like just being so sinful and so stupid. And I would still just think like, you always hear these testimonies at church camp and they're just like, people are sobbing at the end of it. You know, like this just crazy, miraculous story. And I would think like, why is every single testimony like that? Like I was annoyed by it. Like I was like, (laughs) why does every testimony have to have that? Like, why can't people just love God and be like, that be okay? You know, like that was my thought process. And it wasn't until like I started to hate my own sin that I realized like, That's why every story is like that because there comes a time where you like you realize like I am a sinner and maybe Mm -hmm. I have believed in God this whole time or maybe I have loved God this whole time. But gosh, like I am a rotten sinner and like you just reach a point where you just start to hate that sin. You hate sin as much as God does. Yeah, and it just hurts you and that is that powerful moment in your testimony. It doesn't have to be like a I was – deep into, I don't know why I keep going back to drugs, but I was yeah. like deep into drugs and God pulled me out of that. You or know, I was like, in a gang or, yeah, yeah like I it doesn't to have to be like that. It could literally be as simple as, look, I have always loved God, but there came a point in my life where I realized just how terrible my sin was. And that's when the change happened. Yeah. You kind of, I mean, nobody can make the decision to stop sinning, but that's when like, Christ flips the switch inside you and you really, you know, like your eyes are open. I think just like, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, when their eyes were open to what is good and evil, same difference when Christ enters your heart, you finally see your sin for what it is. So, so anyway, I think like to sum it up, like really the first step in going, regardless of how you do it or, you know, which way you decide to, um, go or however go about evangelizing yeah Yeah, is just to be bold and i'll be the first to tell you that i i'm like that's not my strong point like evangelizing is just not a strong point for me and it you know it might be the same way for you and that's okay like all of our gifts are different we've talked about that before like god didn't grant all of us the gift of evangelism but he still calls you to go and try. He still commanded us to go and to share the gospel. Yeah. So find a way that what that looks like for you. Yeah. It, that's what it ultimately comes down to. And if it doesn't to. look like randomly sharing the gospel with a stranger, like that's okay. You know, like, yeah. but it could mean, oh, this person at work is like coming to you. Like I've had a really hard day. Like that's your chance to be like, yep. let me tell you about something that could, you know, give you some relief from that. You yeah. know, just to say the name of Jesus. Yeah. So anyway. Right on. One very last thing about that. Um, So there's a challenge at the very end of the devotional. And it says, be bold. Identify five people in your life that need to hear the good news of Jesus. Share your testimony with one of those people today. And pray for an opportunity to share with the others on your list in the near future. So 
I challenge you to do that. Um, and, you know, maybe you – surely anybody can think of five people. If you really sit down, you could probably think of five people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And just pray for the courage to share your testimony, share a passage, just share um, share the name of Jesus with at least one of those five people in the near future. So Calista's looking at her phone right now, and she has a huge frown on her face. I'm assuming she's going to try to end the day with some facts, and I Just don't think she's... Just one fact, because this was like the longest you episode You look disgusted, of... and I don't know if okay. I want to hear it. <laughs> I am disgusted. Listen to this. Okay, ghost crabs, which I'm very confident are those cute little crabs that we... Yeah, they like they they only come out at nighttime. Yeah, they they come white. on a low tide, and once you shine your flashlight on them, they like disappear back into the sand. Yeah, okay. Well, you're about to like them a lot less. Are you ready? <laughs> Do they live in, like, whale poop or something? No. Ghost crabs growl using teeth in their stomachs. I love that. What? Why would what? I like them any less? That's disgusting. That's so metal. There oh. are three main teeth, a medial tooth and two lateral teeth that are essentially elongated, hard, cal- calcified, calcified structures. They are part of the gastric mill yes. apparatus in the stomach where they rub against each other to grind up food. That's Grrr. disgusting. So as it's grinding up its food, it's like growling and intimidation? Well, basically, you can just hear it growling, grinding up its food, and it sounds like growling. I love that. <laughs> that is so cool. I Man, cool. you metal little ghost crabs. Gross. Wow. Well, next time you're hungry, just you can pretend you're a little ghost crab. Your belly's growling. Well, huh? There you go. There's your fact of the week. Cool. Take that with you. All right, y'all. Yeah, man. I'm tired, and we just sorry we really rambled on for a hot second there, but I feel like it was good. I I think we got some good stuff in there. Yeah. All right, y'all. Love Love y'all.